Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Block Talk Radio. And always, like I said before, every any in every podcast we have done thus far in 2016 or in 2015 or in 2014, I can go back, way back, back, back. You can check it out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live, or you can check it out on the TuneIn Radio app. All you got to do is on your smartphone, Android, or Apple device, hit up the Google Play Store or iTunes. That simple. Download the TuneIn app, and from there, search the TSL podcast. Give us a follow. We really appreciate everybody that's been listening to all the great podcasts we have done thus far, especially the two I've done this week. Two prospect interviews are already uploaded as well on both blogtalkradio.com and TuneIn Radio. So TuneIn Radio, so check that out as well. But we got a great show for everybody tonight. I know it's opening day and it's baseball coming up and all that good stuff, but and uh, baseball kind of flubbed it up, you know, having two opening days. They just said it's up at the Monday. But that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. We'll talk about next week. But today, we're going to be talking some NFL draft. The draft is only officially 25 days away. Draft weekend, excuse me, it's only 25 uh, days away. And uh, before we bring on our guest, you already know who's joining me. My co-host, the one and only Angela Montoni, joining me. Uh, tonight on the podcast, so Angela, we're going to be uh, talking some uh, NFL draft in a couple of in a couple of minutes with our uh, guest, who everybody will probably know, probably have heard on here last year. But we're going to be talking some draft. Only twenty five days away. How you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Uh, other than laughing at uh, people going crazy over WrestleMania, uh, you know, going good. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's some of those cards. It's like 1998 again. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was everybody on my timeline going crazy over Shane McMahon jumping off the steel cage, top of the steel cage. Like, <laughs> my timeline was just going oh, crazy. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, Shane's crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sitting there, just like it, we got grown people our and age Shane tripping. Like the good guys. Right. <laughs> Every time you got to do the Shane dance, every time he comes out, got to do the dance. Every time he comes out, got to do the little dance he does. <laughs> but we're not talking wrestling today. Either folks, either folks, you're probably thinking, why are you talking wrestling? Because it's just, yeah, so we're doing cool for a while. We talk about anything, everything under the, under the deep blue sea. But let's get underway talking some NFL draft. Uh, everybody has heard this guy on the podcast before many a times during this past football season, even last year uh, during the draft. We introduced him, and uh, he's back again joining us here on the Total Sports Live podcast. Calling, coming from the Chicago, Illinois area, Chi-Town, I'm going to just say Chi-Town's finest, joining us here on the podcast, none other than Chris Chanifel of the NFL Draft Bible.com and also the host of the CS podcast, 
which you guys can check out and subscribe on YouTube right now. I mean, go do it right now. Like, while you're listening, go do this right now. But, uh, Chris, uh, glad to have you uh, back on the podcast. It's been a minute. Well, only not been a minute, probably a couple of months, but it's been a year since we, we talked draft. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on. And, yeah, uh, you know, 25 days away, I'm here in Chicago, what they call draft town. And uh, what will be draft town in uh, 25 days, absolutely cannot wait. It's uh, certainly one of my most, uh, certainly one of my favorite times of uh, the, the uh, calendar year. It definitely is, and you mentioned Chicago was going to be draft town in a couple of weeks, and it was a great experience. I know from your point of view, it was a great experience. And Angela, I think we got to get. I think they got to let us have the draft here one year. I said, I think it's only right. You know, we got to build it to hold it in. I think it's only right that they allow us to have this here. I don't know. I think they're too afraid to have it here because God forbid, like, <laughs> get their feelings will get hurt. <laughs> That could happen. That could happen. That could happen. And since we're talking about the Eagles, and like Chris said, the draft will be back in Chicago once again this year. Let's talk about these Eagles, Chris. I mean, well, let's not talk about the Eagles. Let's talk about the Notre Dame Pro Day. You, uh, this past week, this yeah, this past week you were at the Notre Dame Pro Day in South Bend seeing what Notre Dame had to offer, Everett Goldston, wide receiver Chris Brown, uh, Jalen Smith, Will Fuller, the Philly native that went to Roman Catholic High School, the Philly native was there as well. Uh, give us some, just give us what, uh, from your perspective, just tell us what you saw there at the uh, at the Notre Dame Pro Day. Who stood out to you? How did Will Fuller look? And uh, did the Eagles have any interest in anybody being, of anybody uh, there at the Pro Day? Yeah, well, it, I mean, all around it, it was a good day. I mean, rarely do you ever hear about these uh, prospects not having much of a good day at their pro day. Obviously, they're all very well prepared. And uh, as for a, a big-time program such as Notre Dame, uh, I believe it was about uh, seven or eight of these guys were uh, down uh, in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. So they kind of knew what to expect. Um, most of the guys that uh, participated in the combine uh, only participated in the uh, in uh, in the positional drills. They sat out of you know the forty yard dash, the broad jump, the vert, all that. Uh, except for uh, wide receiver Chris Brown and uh, defensive back uh, Kivari Russell, who uh, I thought both of them uh, probably earned a little bit of money uh, from their uh, performances at their pro day. Um, Chris Brown, he uh, ran. I uh, got the numbers right here: four 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 forty. Um, uh, 33 and a half inch vertical. Uh, th- thought he looked really good, at, especially in the positional drills as well. Um, you guys being in the Philadelphia area, uh, you know, afterwards, I mean, he had a really long conversation uh, with the Philadelphia Eagle Scout. They were chatting it up, you know, laughing, joking around. I don't know what they're talking about, but uh, the conversation lasted at least 10 minutes. Uh, and then they left the facility together, so that was a little bit uh, interesting to see. Um, and, and then you mentioned Will Fuller. Uh, he, he only participated in the positional drills, um, looked really good, although something that uh, I was just actually talking about uh, on the podcast yesterday, my podcast, uh, was that uh, it's it, it just a, a little bit weird that he dropped four pounds from the Indianapolis uh, Combine, uh, you know, just, uh, just about a month ago, um, you know, and, and he's already a lighter guy. He uh, weighed in at the pro day at 182. Um, so you got to wonder how, how much weight he's able to, to put on and actually keep uh, for the season. But uh, nonetheless, a very productive wide receiver. And, uh, you know, yeah, o- overall, these, these prospects all, all had a really good day uh, at the Notre Dame Pro Day. Uh, obviously, the wide receivers really stood out. And, uh, you know, it's hard not to talk about uh, Ronnie Stanley as well, who uh, really 
uh, did did a great job at uh, the the offensive line drills as well, and uh, probably will be a top ten pick in the uh, twenty sixteen NFL draft. No, you're definitely right about that. And like you said, Brown and the Eagles had a nice little long conversation at the end, which is always interesting. Whenever you go to a pro day, it's always interesting to see the nuances of when scouts are talking to players. You always try to put your ear to the ear to the ground to see what's uh, going on. And like you said, Will Fuller dropping four pounds. A little concerning. Like you said, I wrote up something on Will Fuller a couple of days ago on the Eagles wire, and I compared Fuller to um, who did I compare him to? Deshaun Jackson. I think Deshaun Jackson 2.0. And I mean the player on the field. That's what I'm talking about, player on the field. For anybody that gets the red flag stuff, freaking out. Oh, my God, is he calling Deshaun Jackson? No, I'm calling Deshaun Jackson on the field. Just watch the film. The uh, the dude's uh, pretty electric. And you mentioned Riley Stanley as well, and that leads me into the eighth overall pick. You know, the Eagles are slated at number eight. They made the huge trade. Uh, for, they made the huge trade up going from 13-8 with Dolphins trading Brian, Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonzo, which, you know, pretty much surprised me and Angela and everybody else in Philadelphia because, you know, me and Angela, we kind of – me and Angela, I would have to say, like, me and her was, like, kind of <laughs> like def- – I think we were on the defending Byron Maxwell track a little bit. Like, yeah. me and her was like, oh, yeah. me and her was like you got to kind of give him some slack a little bit because we know, Angela, there's people that was like, he's a bad cornerback, he's a bad cornerback, he's a bad cornerback. And you were kind of like, you know, let's just give him some time, you know. Let's give him some time. You know, everybody gets torched by Julio Jones here and there, but <laughs> they move up the eight. Yeah, well, and... he, didn't, he didn't get that time, and is what it is. <laughs> I'm not so, like going to Right. <laughs> like, cry about it. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I think, yeah, nobody here is shedding any tears over Byron Maxwell. I'm sorry, Byron, yeah. if you're listening out there. Nobody shedding tears, but Eagles are eighth and now eighth overall. Where do you think they are going to go with the eighth overall pick? Because they sit in a position now where they can pretty much go best player available on the board. They can go quarterback, mm-hmm. even though they got a lot of money tied up in the quarterback position. They can go running back. They need a running back or they're trading the malcontent in DeMarco Murray. They can go wide receiver because they need another wide receiver. Let's keep it true. I mean, Josh Huff ain't doing nothing big here. So that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day, too. <laughs> Offensive line, linebacker, corner. They can go in a lot of different directions, Chris. As we sit here right now on uh, April, to, April the 3rd, where do you think the Eagles will go with the eighth overall pick? Well, and you already touched on it. I got to think they go best player available. Um, right now, I'm thinking either it has to be offensive line or running back, and I gotta, I gotta think Zeke Elliott will be there. I mean, uh, I do not. I at first thought that you know that there's a pretty good chance that uh, Elliott would go number four to the Cowboys. They recently signed Alfred Morris. I don't know if uh, running back is too much of a need for them right now. Uh, you know, after signing a proven running back like Alfred Morris. Um, so, so I got to think Zeke Elliott will be there at number eight. You look at your guys, uh, the, the Eagles uh, running back, and, uh, you know, yeah, you guys, are, they, they still have uh, Ryan Matthews there on the depth chart uh, on the roster. But, uh, you know, he, he's reportedly on the trade block. I'm not sure if he'll be uh, in Philadelphia by the time training camp rolls around. And uh, I just think it would be a match made in heaven right there. Uh, having Zeke Elliott fall to number eight to the Philadelphia Eagles. Some people think that, you know, you you shouldn't take a running back top ten. But I I think 
Zeke Elliott to the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, he would be an instant impact player on that offense. Um, and I, I think that, that, you know, as of right now, I got to think that running back is a pretty big need, uh, you know, pretty high up on that list of uh, needs for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, uh, again, who knows if Ryan Matthews is going to be there by the time uh, training camp rolls around. And even if he is, I mean, I don't know if you want to rely on him being your top guy. We, we already know about his injury history, his injury past, um, pretty injury-prone player. And uh, I don't know if you want to roll the dice on him uh, playing all 16 games. So, I got to think Zeke Elliott in a Philadelphia Eagles jersey with that, uh, you know, eighth overall pick uh, sounds pretty good. Yeah, you're right about that. Zeke Elliott would definitely provide the uh, thunder and lightning in that backfield because, like you said, you can't really depend on a guy like Ryan Matthews who, you know, we saw him in San Diego carry the load, but at the same time we saw him get injured (laughs) as well carrying the load. And it was the same way here. He didn't carry the load per se, but still – got injured and like he's on a trade and block and if Howie Roseman can get a pick or something for him, you best believe he'll do it if he can. Because like I said on your show a couple of weeks ago, if young Howie don't trust you, he will trade you. Pretty much gonna happen. You know, if he find if he finds the best move available for the team to acquire more picks, but to use those picks to get better players at the position or whatever position that the Eagles need, um, you you best believe he's gonna do that. So we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn the. Uh, sh- I'm gonna turn the steering wheel over to Angela. She's about to drive the car for a little bit. Angela, you could take this away. Ooh. Okay. So my question is, if the Eagles dump a quarterback in the first round and they decide to snag one at some point in the draft, who do they get? Oh, oh, that, that's a good question. Uh, you know, <laughs> as of right now, they obviously have Sam Bradford. They have uh, Chase Daniel on the roster, and we all know about the uh, uh, the, the, the connections there with Chase Daniel. Um, if they go uh, quarterback, I, I got to think that they're going to uh, grab one um, somewhere in the mid to late rounds. I, I'd probably even uh, say uh, I'd probably feel more safe saying late round, seeing as uh, you both have you have both Bradford and Daniel uh, uh, signed up for the uh, long haul. At least Daniel. Um, I mean, you look at the developmental quarterbacks in this year's class, I know one that Javon really likes is uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett out of uh, uh, North Carolina State. I mean, that that could be a guy that could, uh, you know, he has a lot of upside. Um, some of the other guys, I mean, uh, off the top of my head, you got Jake Coker out of Alabama, maybe in the sixth, seventh round. Um, he, he's had a pretty nice offseason. Uh, and then a guy that I really like, and uh, he put up big-time numbers in uh, in college, and this isn't the guy that you're going to want to insert right away, but, you know, maybe after sitting for a, a year or two, uh, you know, learning from a couple of veterans like a Sam Bradford, like a Chase Daniel, uh, specifically a Chase Daniel, a guy that has had that backup role for quite some time and uh, ha- has been known to be one of the league's top uh, backup quarterbacks, is the Brandon Dowdy out of West, uh, West Kentucky, um, I think uh, this, this is a guy that, uh, you know, again, it'll take some time to, uh, you know, uh, c- kind of uh, translate his game to the pros, but I think he has all the intangibles um, to, to, you know, be a really nice backup quarterback at the next level. So uh, when talking about quarterbacks for the Philadelphia Eagles, got to think they go for a developmental guy if they go for one at all. Javon, any thoughts? Oh no, I totally. I mean, uh, I mean, like I said, I, 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 I have the same belief as you know as Chris is that like the Eagles technically you don't need a quarterback at eight, especially with this draft class as it is. I mean, Goff, Wentz, 
Lynch, you know, those guys, you know, those guys aren't guys that I want to say can step in right away and be the guy. It's like, okay, we need someone in the fire that can do it. I like golf more than once, but at the same time, at ace, you don't really need a quarterback. There is not a need for quarterback, especially like when you say we have a financial, uh, when you have so much money tied up into the quarterback position. And then on the flip side, like you said, you can get a guy in the later round, and like you mentioned, uh, Jacoby Brissett or, you know, Brandon Dowdy, who was the talk of Eagles Twitter for a minute in the early part of the draft. I thought Eagles fans really wanted Brandon Dowdy because what he did at Western Kentucky, but that's kind of died down. Um, another guy who I know Chris is, who Chris saw down at the Shrine game was Vernon Adams. He's a guy that's really interested and, and really has me interested to see what he can do at the next level. Because he really showed, despite his stature, he can get the job done in, in running an NFL-style offense. And then, you know, your guy, Angela, Dak Prescott, as you've been talking yeah. for the past uh, two years, I think it's the second year in a row, you've been on the, yep. Dak, the Dak Prescott bandwagon saying the guy that can throw a country mile. That's another guy who I think the Eagles would definitely be interested in. I might as well ride that wagon until the wheels fall off at this point. <laughs> I want to see Prescott to. land in San Francisco with your guys' uh, favorite coach, Chip Kelly. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not really funny. Oh, man. It's, think about it. It's either Chip or in Dallas, because I know Dallas had Prescott in for a workout as well. So. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Exactly. You rather have a Prescott Niners jersey than a Prescott Cowboys jersey. Just say it. I don't know if I really want either of those, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. The Niners did cost me a lot of money one time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 That's a touchy touchy subject. That's a a podcast for another day. If anybody remembers that story, that's a Oh, we brought story. it up several times. It's in the archives. Yeah. Just, just go look. You yeah. could probably just, like, Google TSL slash Angela Hates San Francisco, and 14 different broadcasts will come up. Most likely. Definitely most likely will. We're here joined on the Total Sports Live podcast with Chris Shanifel of the uh, of, of the NFLDraftBible.com. Make sure you guys check out. Uh, NFLDraftBible.com, and also check out the CS Podcast on YouTube right now. Go hit that subscribe button. Check it out. A lot of great, fantastic prospect interviews, FCS guys, D2, D3, NAIA, diamonds in the rough guys that I have never even heard of, and you have probably never heard of, but Chris definitely does his homework and does his due diligence of of finding out who these players are and really, you know, shining a light on guys that's putting up numbers in the next level. And I'm glad Angela brought up that question about the quarterbacks because she was like, I think she was reading my mind because that was my next question I was going to ask you. So we're just going to just keep on uh, uh, pushing it. And, and on it? I, yeah, exactly. We, we're just like, we're two peas in a pot right here on this podcast. We just work together. And just as, magic. as always, we've been working together for a really long time. It's like I know what she thinks and I know what I think. She knows what I think. So it just goes like that. But when we look at the uh, quarterback position here, Chris, you know, me and you have talked about this act, uh, extensively through the past couple of months, through the past couple months looking at, you know, what draft Twitter says about Carson Wentz and how we have guys like Mike Mayock, who I respect as an offensive a lot, but I disagree with him saying that Wentz's athleticism is comparable to Andrew Luck and Cam Newton. 
how would you rank the top five quarterbacks? How would you? Who are the top five quarterbacks in this draft class? Because a lot of people will say Carson Wentz. A lot of people will say Jared Goff. Paxton Lynch is kind of like second tier dude, and then after the, after Lynch, it kind of like sort of a drop off. So, who are your top five quarterbacks? If we said to you, you know, like if you're like like if you're if we're saying like Chris Shanafel from NFL.com right now, and he's right for NFL.com, and they ask him to put his top five quarterback draft as a top five quarterbacks of this draft class, who would be his top five? Well, uh, you know, I, I'll make it quick. Number one, uh, again, you mentioned it. We've already talked about this a little bit. Uh, Jared Goff, number one. I, I mean, I, I, as much as I love the FCS and small school guys, uh, Carson Wentz, I mean, there, there's limited film there. He's only been the start of the last two years. Yes, he's helped lead this team to the national championship in both of those years and win both of those national championship games. But, uh, you know, I, I believe uh, when it comes down to it, I, I want to say he's only got about – 20 games, maybe even under 20 games under his belt at the collegiate level. And while he looked really good, I just don't know if I could, uh, you know, pull pull a, a, a top 10, a top 15 pick on a guy like Carson Wentz. And if you do, you have to realize that he's going to be a developmental guy. You know, this isn't a guy that you want to throw in the, into the fire right away. He, he, I just don't feel that he's ready for it. I don't think he's uh, built for it just yet. Um, unless he's uh, called on, you know, whether the starter, uh, you know, gets hurt or something. We'll see how he does there. That's fine. But uh, it, to expect him to be the starter right away, I just think uh, I think you're kind of doing a disservice for him and uh, his career. But, uh, you know, maybe in year or two he could turn into a pretty nice starter. But, uh, yeah, so I got Jared Goff number one. I think he's the most pro-ready quarterback right now. Um, you know, a guy that uh, has helped turn that Cal, uh, Cal Bears football program around. Uh, you know, entering that program with like a, a one in eleven record, I want to say, and now he's leaving. I believe they finished eight and five or so this past season. Uh, so, so mm-hmm. I, I will go Jared Goff one, Wentz two, uh, Lynch three. I mean, it seems as if you know those are the top three for just about everybody um, looking at this year's uh, uh, quarterbacks. And then four and five, it's kind of a toss up. I'll actually go Cardell Jones number four. I, I think that the upside is there. Um, obviously, uh, again, uh, not a guy that you want to insert right away, but if needed, you know, uh, go go for it. We'll see what he has right away. But uh, I think uh, you you look at some of the intangibles that he brings. Obviously, uh, you know, he, he has a strong cannon of an arm. Um, uh, again, he, he helped lead. Uh, you know, he uh, insert he was inserted a, a couple years ago into the uh, Ohio State offense and uh, helped lead that team uh, to a national championship. Looks pretty damn good over there. Um, so I'll go, uh, I'll go Cardell Jones, number four and number five. I, you know what? I, I, I think I'm going to lean, uh, I'm going to go for the smaller guy in, uh, Vernon Adams jr. You know, kind of the dual threat mm-hmm. quarterback there dominated the FCS level for a few years and, uh, wanted to, to challenge himself a little bit more transferred to Oregon and, uh, you know, had a rocky start in, in the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, had a thumb injury that uh, really hindered him, uh, hindered his season for uh, quite a few weeks, and then uh, towards the end of the season, really finished strong. And uh, he, he's a guy that uh, has uh, has really uh, had a lot of success in this uh, pre-draft process. Really, uh, really had a fantastic week at the East-West Shrine game. Threw three touchdowns in the game itself. Was the uh, offensive MVP, um, and, and then uh, of course the uh, solid combine performance there as well. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I'll finish the list up with uh, Vernon Adams Jr. Number five. 
That's a pretty good list. A pretty good list right there. I can't really disagree, and I just think it's just it's been that it's just been that type of class where you can't. Everybody's pretty much interchangeable. Four can be five. Five can be four. Two and three. One and three can all be mixed in. It depends. It just is your preference. I just think it's your preference, and I think mm-hmm. that's what we uh, learned. And that's what we're learning about this draft class in general. Is just just your preference and what you like in a quarterback and what you don't like. Um, in a quarterback. So, a couple more topics we want to touch. We want to touch with you, Chris, before we uh, let you go. We really appreciate you uh, coming on uh, tonight on the uh, Total Sports Live podcast. Just a couple more topics we want to touch with you, and that is who is a sleeper in this year's draft that people will be talking about after you know after the draft is over and we head into the regular season. Like, who's going to be that guy that everybody's going to be like, wow, this was a like a okay, we didn't think he was going to be this good, and where this team selected him, they got it still. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll, a guy that actually there's quite there's a few people talking about this guy, but uh, he, he was a combine snub. Quite a few people were surprised that he didn't get into the combine and then actually participated in the Houston Regional Combine uh, and really blew it up over there. And that's uh, an outside linebacker out of uh, out of Akron, and that's uh, that's Jatavis uh, Brown. Um, you know, they, they kind of, uh, you know, he, he looked at it as a tweener at the next level. You know, they, maybe maybe a team looks at him and says, oh, he'll be a great safety and, and you know, try and get him to play defensive back. But uh, he's been on record and, and said, you know, he views himself as a linebacker. He thinks that he could play linebacker at the next level. Um, at that Houston Regional Combine, he uh, blazed a 4-3, 8-40-yard dash, um, which would have been the fastest by a linebacker uh, in the last 18 years. Um, you know, I, I really like this guy. I mean, the, the, the film doesn't lie. I believe he, uh, just this past season, uh, he was the MAC defensive player of the year. Um, you know, he, I believe he had about 18, 18 and a half tackles for loss. I believe double digit sacks. Um, the guy was every, everywhere on the field and, uh, obviously really earned that, uh, MAC defensive player of the year award. Um, again, a combine snub really blew up at the, uh, NFL regional combine in Houston. And I, I think this could be one of the first guys that we see selected that were uh, not invited to the NFL Combine. So Jatavis Brown, the linebacker out of Akron, is a guy that I think, you know, come, uh, you know, August, September, a lot of people are going to be asking, man, where, where the heck was this guy, uh, you know, in, in the All-Star Games or, or at the NFL Combine? Um, so, uh, again, Jatavis Brown out of Akron is a guy I really like. Jatavis Brown. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him. I might, I might, have, to go on, I might have to go on draft breakdown tonight to watch some Jatavis Brown, some Mac, some real Mac football right there. I'm going to have to do that uh, before the night's over. I want to turn it back over to Angela. She's going to, like I said, she's going to hop back in the steering wheel and drive this and drive this bus, this draft bus right now. So, Angela, it's back at you. Uh, any Philly uh, players you think are going to get drafted? Any uh, Philly players? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, uh, one of the first programs that comes to my mind is uh, is Temple, and uh, you, you got to love the, uh, the the defensive players they got coming out of there: Tyler Mavikevich, Matt Ioannidis, and Tavon Young. I think all three of those guys. Uh, I think all three of those guys will at one point hear their names called. Um, I, I think that uh, Ioannidis and uh, Medikavich, they're, they're probably going to be day, uh, day three players, although I, I think that you can make a strong case that, you know, maybe at some point in the third or fourth round, uh, the, you know, that, that, that they may be third or fourth round 
talents, but due to the depth at those uh, positions, linebacker and, uh, you know, defensive tackle, uh, it may uh, slide them back a, a few rounds. Um, and then Tavon Young, I, I think he'll be the first uh, Temple Owl to get drafted this year. I mean, uh, a really strong class for Temple, and, and I think it's uh, probably the strongest class that they've had uh, in, in quite some time. And, and I think he, even more talent will be coming out of there uh, in, in the next couple of years. So uh, all three of those guys out of Temple are, are uh, some, some guys to watch out for, for sure. Well, it obviously makes me very happy. Thank you. <laughs> that was a good answer. Yes, the Temple Owl. Yeah, if you didn't know, Chris Angela is a Temple Owl. So just hearing, just hearing okay. that just okay. brought joy to her heart right there. Exactly. The Temple guy. Need my heart smile. <laughs> Everyone on our whole rant about the Book of a Tomboy earlier in the season. That was a interesting. Like I said, that was an interesting podcast too on how Temple got kind of shafted. But. Oh yeah, that was. <laughs> But I was, like Angela said, go back to the archives. That night. <laughs> very mad, very mad. But like you said, like you said, you know, great, another great question. Like that, Angela's been bringing it tonight, bringing it with the heat, with the fastball right there with the Temple question. And like you said, all, ten, all three Temple guys definitely should get drafted. Ionitis is going to be rotational defensive lineman, same way with Cavens, because we're seeing, we see a lot now, Chris, you know, uh, with the temp- with defensive players, you know, especially on the D line and the linebackers, you know, they're always rotating it. A lot of NFL teams are doing that. You know, they're rotating more guys in because the NFL game's getting faster. So those guys, I think, definitely want to benefit. And like you said, Tavon Young, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to, you know, be one of the, you know, like you said, the first Temple guy to be taken off the board. And despite his stature, I saw him at Temple Pro Day. He's only five foot nine, and he played and he played really well on the outside. In a in, in in his four year in his four years at Temple, but obviously five foot nine is not going to get the job done, you know, at <laughs> at the NFL level on the outside. He's definitely going to have to move himself into the slot cornerback position. And finally, last topic of the night, Chris is you know we got to touch small school guys. If anybody remembers, you know, last year me and Angela had a couple of small school guys on the podcast last year, R.J. Harris. And uh, Julian Hauser, me and Angela had them both on the uh, podcast last last um, last dra- draft season, excuse me. And both of them players have one on to have very good starts in NFL career. RJ with the uh, Saints and Julian still with the Jets. And I think I forgot what comparison uh, Angela had said to uh, Julian. Water it, boy. Was, it was some. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Water boy. She compared him to the water boy. <laughs> if anybody's watched that Look at movie. his reel. He kept busting through lines like, like, that's all I heard when I was watching his reel. He was the water boy, like, for real. Yeah, he was. He was He was very demonstrative on that defensive line and being disruptive. I compared him to Connor Barwin just because how how disruptive he is. And, you know, Chris, you watch a lot of small school, small school film. You watch a lot of small school guys interview him, go to and cover the games. You know, you're the expert when it comes to this. Um, who are some, you know, small school guys that we should keep our eyes on, especially in day two and day three of the draft? Because, you know, that's when we definitely see a lot of, you know, small school guys, you know, get selected and get picked in the NFL draft in those mid to later rounds. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, some, some that come off the top of my head, I mean, uh, Mike Jordan, awesome first name, of uh, awesome uh, name, of course. Uh, but, yeah, Mike Jordan, defensive back out of Missouri Western, a Division two guy. Um, but uh, a couple of names that uh, I think you should look out for, at least this one on the defensive side of the ball, defensive lineman 
uh, Ferris State, Dustin Zimmer. Um, he, he's a, a guy that really blew up. Uh, you know, he's talking about these uh, regional combines. He also participated in a regional combine, really blew up there. Uh, a four eight nine forty uh, for somebody who's about 302, 303 pounds and, and uh, 44 reps of 225 pounds, which uh, needless to say would be uh, uh, ranked number one in uh, at the NFL combine out of all the defensive linemen. Out of every prospect that participated in the combine, uh, 44 reps is absolutely insane. And uh, obviously you, you got guys that are, you know, combine and pro day divas, and then you turn on their tape and you're kind of, uh, underwhelmed, but that, that's not the case for Justin Zimmer. It certainly translates onto the onto the football field as well. I mean, a uh, crazy athletic guy, and there's even talks about, uh, you know, the the Seahawks. They they of course are uh, famous for switching uh, J.R. Sweezy to the offensive line, uh, a guy that uh, coming out of college was a defensive lineman. There's talks that uh, maybe uh, a team might be doing that with uh, a guy like Justin Zimmer as well. So that'll be something to look out for. Um, I, I, all I've heard, though, from him is that he uh, certainly expects to be playing on the defensive line uh, at the next level. So that, that's the guy that I really like, Justin Zimmer, out of Ferris State, a Division II program in uh, Michigan. And on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I'll go Karen Duncan, a guy that uh, recently ran a 4-2-5, 40-yard uh, dash at his pro day out of uh, uh, CSU Pueblo in, in Colorado. Um, a, a, a really nice wide receiver, a little on the smaller side, um, but but is really obviously really quick, runs great routes, has, has solid hands, not great hands, but solid hands, and uh, could make a really big impact on special teams. And if you're going to be a late round guy, an undrafted free agent, that right there is where you're going to have to make your money at is, is on special teams. And uh, he, he's proven to do that as a return man and uh, as a gunner. So. Uh, those are two guys, two of uh, many guys uh, that I like out of, coming out of small schools uh, in this year's draft. Yeah, like you said, all, both of them, all three of those guys are pretty dominant. Like you said, Mike Jordan was dominant mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in, in the MI And like you said, Zimmer, who's kind of like, like you said, blowing up on the scene, played in the great, in the great uh, GLIAC conference as well with Matt Judon and Brandon Hutchinson and Tanner Egan, the list can go on and on about how good that conference is. And he's just mm-hmm. one of the good players that's coming out of there. And like you said, Karen Duncan, who you just recently had on, on the CS podcast not too long ago. It's funny how that happens. You got him on the podcast and then he comes on and, you know, drops a 425. I mean, that's kind of pretty cool. I have to say, you know, bringing it, just bringing all the guys out here. And they just come and drop numbers. I mean, you got you got special <laughs> talents right there. Bringing on the special players, right there, four two five. And his name definitely is blowing up. A lot of the national media, I put that Aaron quotation marks. The national media has gotten a hold of a uh, Karen Duncan. So those are three guys that I definitely think, like you said, definitely keep our eye on. And I'm and I'm and that's interesting. You bring up the point about Zimmer and Sweezy, how they moved, how they you know switch Sweezy around, Sweezy around. You know Zimmer, you know there could be the possibility of that. And it's funny because Julian Hauser, who we had on here last year, defensive lineman, you know linebacker coming out of college, you know did a whole position switch and is playing fullback now. For the New York Jets, so it's possible. And hey, like it, it, you, whatever it takes to get on the NFL roster, especially for a small school guy, Chris. Whatever it takes to get on the NFL roster, you do what it you do what it takes, and that means taking the position, switching, you switch the position. 
Hey, no, no doubt about it. And obviously, we we seen it many times, like you mentioned, Julian Hauser, um, J.R. Sweezy of the Seahawks. I mean, we we seen it many times, and uh, you know, it, it's bound to happen, uh, bound to happen many more times in the future as well. I mean, who knows? Tim Tebow would probably still be playing in the NFL if he uh, agreed to be moving a fullback or 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 you know, running True. back. I mean, uh, you know, so, sometimes it's uh, it's really the best move for a player's career. Definitely is, definitely is, and that's going to pretty much wrap up the podcast here tonight. I'd like to thank everybody again that that will be tuning into this podcast on BlockTalkRadio.com and on the TuneIn Radio app. But before we go, before we go, before we go, we've got to plug some stuff real quick. I'm going to let Chris plug everything that he does because he does a fantastic job covering small schools. If you, if you guys aren't following him on Twitter right now, you definitely need to before the draft hits because this dude has got the game on lock right about now. So Chris, you know, go ahead, plug your plug 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 what you do, my man. Plug it. Oh well well first things first, I appreciate you guys having me on this evening. Uh, always a great time on the T S L podcast. Uh, yeah, you guys could uh, follow my work um at NFLDraftBible.com. As Javon said, uh really big into small school, you know, FCS, D two, D three football. Uh, so uh, go ahead and uh, follow me on Twitter as well if you'd like at Chris Shanafel. Uh Follow along on my podcast as well for prospect interviews. Um, also, uh, just some general NFL draft talk. Had a show on the uh, 2016 wide receiver class yesterday um, with Tron Davenport of the Eagles Wire. So uh, you guys can just find that by searching the CS podcast uh, on YouTube. Um, and, and yeah, as I said, it's always a great time hopping on the podcast, you guys. Thanks a lot. Not a problem. Not a problem. And you, you, for everybody that want to get in touch with me and Angela, you can follow me on Twitter at Jovan10. Follow Total for Slop on Twitter at Total for Slop. Like the Facebook page. And y'all can also follow Angela on Twitter. She's like the Drake of Twitter. She just pops up out of nowhere and drops a tweet and it just automatically gets buzzed. You know, when Angela drops a tweet on Twitter, everybody knows when Angela's on Twitter. So you got to follow Angela on Twitter as well at Ange Montone. Got to. Gotta yeah, I'm the Twitter sleeping giant. <laughs> she definitely is the Twitter sleeping giant and that's going to wrap up the podcast tonight everybody thanks again for tuning in uh, next week we'll be talking some Phillies as it's going to be opening Baseball. day tomorrow for the Phillies, Phillies Angela's past old America's pastime is back for her so excited and hopefully, and hopefully I'm even brighter singing <laughs> exactly this is the first time Angela has sung on the podcast so you know it has to be baseball season. So next week we're going to be talking some Phillies. Hopefully, Angela, we cross our fingers that they get off to a good start this week, at least a 500 start. I'm crossing my fingers for at least 500. I won't ask for over 500, but I'll take a 500 start. Well, let's hope so. I might even <laughs> live tweet from the Hall of Fame club, so keep your fingers crossed that I remember to do such things. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now I definitely got I got to set my Twitter notification for Angela. When it's for Angela. I got I to gotta subscribe to that feed right now before I go to sleep. But, hey, everybody, thanks again for tuning in. Um, Chris, once again, thanks for coming on. You and Rick do a great job with the NFL Draft Bible, his crew that he's I met him at the Temple Pro Day. Y'all guys do a fantastic job. Um, we'll be back, everybody, same time, same place, next, next Sunday here at 11 o'clock on – Block Talk Radio. So, again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And uh, 
stay safe out there. Have a, a fantastic week, and we'll talk to you guys soon. And make sure you follow us on social media and check out the website, NFLDraftBible.com. It's CS Podcast on YouTube and TotalSportsLive.com. Go do that right now. Everybody have a great night. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everyone.